Thanks for joining us again. <clears throat> a listener pick this time around, and I'm very surprised it took us 300 episodes to get to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke from Instagram, a big shout out, mate. He wanted us to watch 1981's My Bloody Valentine, and he has also provided his thoughts, so they'll be sprinkled in throughout. Mm. So thank you for that, Luke. Uh, we'll get to that. I mean, I can't believe we actually got to the remake first. Mm. Well, when Tom Atkins is in one and not the other. True, true. You kind of, you know, you lean that direction. You do, you do, yeah. It's um, certainly what probably what we were thinking back at that time. But, I'm, yeah, I'm very surprised you hadn't badgered us into this uh, already. <laughs> I was, yeah, well, I was too busy badgering you into other fucking shit that we've been watching. <laughs> yeah, Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> ah, yes, the uh, well-known 90s techno boob. <laughs> Let's get to what we've been watching first. Jared, what have you been watching? Not a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, I, I, have I, you been working and raising a family? Well, a little bit of that. Uh, <laughs> Try to avoid it. <laughs> I've been doing neither. <laughs> so I've got a bit on the resume. So I had a look at Black Widow. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it like? It was okay. It was pretty solid. It's exactly what you expect from Marvel. Like You, you don't really get a whole lot new mm. but the the performances are where you where I found the the gold in this one. Like I thought um I'm a I'm a fan of David Harbour. I thought he was pretty good. He had a bit of that sort of oafish father figure th- stuff that he's done so well on Stranger Things and Florence is it Pew? Yes. I don't I, yeah, I think it's Florence Pooh. It's Pew. Yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> she's yeah, yeah, she's yeah. actually excellent as well. Yeah, well she's good. I like So the the kind of family dynamic is what works the best. But yeah, it's not. It's just kind of middle tier Marvel. Okay. For mine, I then went on to Shang Shang Chi. Is that um, free on Disney or is, is. that uh, pay? no, no. you paying pay for that? I uh, didn't have to pay for that one. It was wow. it was ready to rock and roll. Pretty happy with it so far. Mm. Uh, again, fell asleep midway through. I I fell asleep with about half an hour to go, <laughs> so I haven't. I cannot wrap up. <laughs> Why my is this a fucking that? recurring theme? Well, you know, as you said, raising a family—that's the big one. <laughs> The second you get a moment to yourself, you just feel like fucking sleeping. So. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so, uh, so far, so good. Again, it's Marvel. You kind of know what you're getting. Obviously, this one had the, the, the kind of tag of being one of those first kind of big budget, especially in that, that superhero realm, hmm. to instead of whitewashing characters and, you know, having Iron Fist as the martial arts master and that sort of thing, to actually use the Asian characters and yep, Asian yep. actors. and um, Yeah, pretty good. I've got a slight issue with Aquafina. I just don't... I don't no. think she's all that great. I just don't get why... I, I haven't seen Nora from Queens or any of that sort of stuff, which I have heard is good, mm. but I just don't... I don't know. I, I'm not... not she's not your style? No, not really. No. I just don't find the the, the comedy. She seems to be in there for a little bit of sort of comedy. I just don't find a lot of comedy in there. Whereas, you know, Florence Pugh, for example, she wasn't even really comedy, but she had a couple of scenes that had me highly amused. So, yeah, I don't know. Each to their own, I guess. But yeah, everything else about it so far is is pretty solid. And the last one, I, I finished I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh. <laughs> I said the same thing last week, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I went, yeah. oh, and you mentioned it, and how how did it end? Did it wrap anything up? 
Well, it wraps some things up, but um, look, I didn't see the uh, where the, the killer was coming from, but I uh, I just didn't care. By Everything the you told me it turned out like the killer wasn't really an important fucking part of the production. Well, the slasher elements were, were non-existent. Was like, there any gore? There. there was no gore. Violence? It's just like tiny little touches here and there, but I mean... So many times, you just didn't see the killer at all. So, oh, fuck, I asked this question last week, so I'm probably not going to again. So it was bad. Yeah, I was not happy at all. So there's no way in your mind there's a second season in this? Well, they go for it. They Well, not go for it, but they, they toss it out there with one of the stupidest stingers I've seen. Oh, is it the one where they're going to the Bahamas? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not that, or is it? Because I'd be there for that. Especially I mean, if Jack, if Black's Jack Black's fucking wandering around, around selling me pot. Well, if it was Jack Black burst out on the scene and said, hey, what about the ladies, the sweet young ladies, and all this sort of shit, I would have been, yeah, I would have been right Holy there for it. shit, I still can't get over that. But it was just nothing. Like, it focused so much on this, this kind of CW teen drama sort of angle None of it was dramatic. All that, well, all these peripheral characters that are just there for nothing. They have all these half-developed kind of plot lines that just don't go anywhere. Like it's just, I just hated it. I really hated it. Oh. And I haven't said that about stuff in a while. I'm usually trying to be pretty positive on these things. I'm usually pretty forgiving of properties that I like, but I just hated it. Mm. Jesus. Mm. All right, so. It's definitely not on my wish list, I can tell you right now. I'm kind of glad I don't have Amazon Prime, because I guarantee you, if I had Amazon Prime, I would have started watching yeah, it. Yeah, of course you would have. Just and wait till, you know... Wait. I stupidly would have continued, just because <laughs> I'll watch anything these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Well, just wait till Christmas, I might sneak it in your stocking or something. <laughs> <laughs> just send me your fucking code for Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah. and I'll knock it over. Yeah. Is that everything? That's it. Okay, right. I watched Dark Side of the Ring. Three, three, three episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, I finished that as well. That yeah. was the other thing. The plane ride from hell. At times, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But then the real crux of it was fucking horrible. Yeah. And, you know, there's one wrestler in there who makes a comment about how it was a joke. Yeah. And it's just my opinion. I think it was you Tommy know. Dreamer. Yeah, and she's he's like... That's my opinion. Like, so he wasn't sort of saying it on behalf of the Wrestling Federation. He was saying it was his opinion. Yeah. He's saying she she didn't have to sue the place, and I'm like bullshit. Yeah. What and you know done? what? Anyone with a fucking modicum of of fucking sense and a bit of understanding of how they carried on, Ric Flair and Scott Hall would have owned up and said, you know what? I was drunk and I shouldn't have done what yeah. I did, and it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere. Well, basically, Tommy Dreamer, what he's saying just shows that, yeah, that's the attitude within your industry, mate, which is not real life, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, you got Terry Runnels in there saying, Drop Les- uh, Brock Lesnar dropped his... I call him Drop Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar dropped well, his he, pants. He, yeah, well, in this case, he was Brock Lesnar. Was Lesnar. Um, dropped his pants in front of her in the locker room as a, as a gag, and she's basically being told by everyone, including her husband, to... Don't sell it. Yeah. Don't tell, don't worry about it. Don't tell anyone. It's just a gag. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, when if what it is said Ric Flair did, which seems to be the case, happened, and what Scott Hall did happened, unfortunately, 
That's not a rib. That's not a gag. Yeah, and the worst part about it is after both of those things are mentioned, and look, again, it was sexual harassment. Yeah. Right? So, but both times those, those stories were told about the way these guys harassed this particular flight attendant, it then just has a disclaimer down the bottom saying both were asked for comment, you know, asked to comment, which told, I do not remember the incident. Yeah, you know, well, so no they surprise. basically just fucking, they basically just sort of wrote it off. Mm. And, you know, look, don't get me wrong, I never had a great deal of time for, even the documentary about Ric Flair, I kind of found him to be a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. And this hasn't helped him. The doco on him was great, but it was because it showed, yeah, he was a fucking highly flawed individual. Yes, correct. Um, and it didn't shy away from that, but yeah, it, it, it's it's not it's not good. Yeah, and as, I mean, as, the, the thing that I didn't quite understand was Vince McMahon was on that flight. Yeah. Now he's Just the left guy, it to Jr. He is the guy who cuts your checks. Yeah. All he needs to do is get up, walk out there, and say. One, one more fucking move out of any of you, and you're fired. Yeah, but and unfortunately, I, Vince is a bit of a scumbag. Although, as well. although I guess they'd had three cuts worth of piss. Well, that was the thing. I, I mean, mean, I'd heard about this flight a number of times. Even Vince McMahon but, wouldn't have been able to talk yeah. sense to anybody. I wouldn't have thought. But when she said, "Yeah, we'd finished two and a half liquor, liquor carts before we left the ground," I was like, "Oh, no wonder there was so yeah. many fucking problems on but it." But it was, yeah, it wasn't good. And then they were kind of, sort of insinuating that you know, a couple of guys took the fall for mm. it. A couple more probably should have. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they were money men. Scott yeah. Hall went because... I well, think put it this way. His addictions would have got the best of him. Put it this way. If you're Ric Flair and you're switching roles with Mr. Perfect, yeah. and you're the, what you did essentially amounts to you got a handful of shaving cream and whacked it on someone's head. And then you wrestled with Brock Lesnar. That, that person the started swinging yeah. <laughs> and you engaged. Ric Flair, Ric Flair doesn't get sacked for that. No. Mr. That's Perfect right. got yeah, sacked yeah, for yeah. it. Exactly. That was an interesting one. I watched three of them. The one about the uh, the I can't remember his name. Was it Kane? Johnny Kane on. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Kane on. Yeah, that one was interesting because yeah. just because of his outside. Oh, Chris Canyon. Chris yeah. Canyon. Yeah. That was an interesting one because it's not one that I knew a lot about, and I think he was sacked because he was gay. Yeah. Like, let's not, let's make no bones about it. It was the it was the late nineties. Well, it seems like someone found out. Like when they talk about the whole the whole thing where he was made boy to dress George, up as boy George and come out and start singing, you're thinking, okay, so why? Someone found out, stitched him up. I think he did get sacked, but I actually do believe when they show those little bits from John Cena and Ric Flair, Ric Flair I think kind of that was the other side of it. Yeah. You were no longer a wrestler. He wasn't a top-line guy. Yeah, you guy. weren't a top-line guy. You were a bit of a jobber. But also, the, the flip side of that is John Cena and Ric Flair are classic company men. Oh, of course. So yeah. if they're told, this is what you say, oh, they're yeah. going to say it. You know? Agreed, agreed. But I think Canyon's best years were beyond, behind him anyway. Mm. So part of it was was probably about wrestling prowess, but a large portion of it was because of his sexuality. There's, yeah. yeah, and look, if some of the stories that, that his friends are telling about how his kind of bipolar manifests itself, that shit could have been happening in the locker rooms and stuff like that too. Yeah. 
Vince McMahon's not Mr. Let's get you into a mental mm. mental health and well-being. Mr. Vince McMahon's let's sack you. Yeah. And then if you happen to turn your life around, then we come we'll call We'll get you again. back, yeah. yeah. So, look, that one was interesting. Johnny Kane was interesting. I haven't watched the rest of them. Yeah, a couple um, of good ones in there. A couple of good ones in there. I mean, you did say to me that you feel like it's kind of running out of steam. Well, right? not in terms of entertainment. <clears throat> I think the show's fantastic. But we're getting to stories like the Johnny K9 one, for example. The guy was in WWF for about two minutes. Yeah. And I know it's not about WWF or WWE or WCW exclusively, but that's where the big names are going to be found and a lot of the big stories. There's a couple of, you know, the famous stories around that, but they've already touched on most of them. Yeah. So, for example, you know, we get an episode on that, the the Extreme Wrestling Federation or whatever it was that Rob Black put together. I mean, that's a footnote, yeah. basically. And it, it's, it's a, again, it's a good episode because it was such a fucking ridiculous kind of environment. But I think we're starting to stretch the limits of of what the stories we've got to tell. Mm, yeah, agreed. Okay, so I watched Dark Side of the Ring. I watched uh, two, uh, the first two episodes of a four-episode doco series that we found on Channel 7, mm. which when, I, when, when we initially saw it, my wife was like, why would, why would we watch this? And I was like, because I, I hear the underside of it is really dark. Mm. And it's called The Curse of the Chippendales. Mm-hmm. The Chippendales strip, male strip review. Yeah. The behind-the-scenes the, the stuff that went on there, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And quite dark. And you should see some of the fucking ball bags getting around <laughs> in the Chippendales gear in the 80s. I mean, shit, I reckon even I could have got a gear. <laughs> Actually, no. Was it was the kind I'm of currently you know, no? I'm currently sporting a beard and, and a mustache and a fucking soul patch. So I'd no, I mean, well, looking at you now, that's Probably. when you get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it True. was the was the behind the scene. You know, was the backstage stuff as interesting as the you know, remember that doco on the puppetry of the penis, folks? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little more interesting. You know, than did that. you have one of them berating the other one for turning up hungover and you know? Yeah, really taking it seriously. You can't do the brain bill yeah, yeah. tonight. You can't do the fucking hot dog or the hamburger when you're <laughs> in this sort of shape. Uh, yeah, it's a little darker than that. <laughs> it was just interesting because the whole idea of greed and money taking a hold in this type of industry and some of the people... Uh, and one of the, one of the most interesting things is a fucking... is a napkin deal made so they made this deal about doing something and signed it off on a fucking napkin yeah and that's considered legally binding yeah and it just I'm just I'm listening to this I'm just going holy shit (laughs) are you serious but look really interesting I'm actually interested to see where it sort of goes to right I better have a look yeah it's worth worth a look it's on um, 7 plus I watched the first two episodes of Chucky I stayed awake Good. Stayed off the piss. <laughs> I managed to get through the first two episodes of Chucky. Not bad. Not really blowing my skirt up. Mm-hmm. But not it's like the it, Chippendales. <laughs> not, not, not really blowing my pants off. <laughs> but, but it's got potential. Right. And Devin Sauer and his fucking awful chin strap <laughs> have now exited the building, which is good. Right. But yeah, look, it's got it's got potential. And I always love the 
they seem to have kept the kind of dark humour of Chucky. He sort of talks to people in such a way. And then there's, there's a scene involving a little girl where he swears and she says, my mum doesn't like swearing. And he goes, your mum's uh, making her way up my kill list <laughs> really <laughs> fucking quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of stuff works for me. Yeah. And also, in this day and age, the special effects are far better with Chucky. You know, they can do things visually and computer wise to cut away some of that stuff they did in the animatronically in the movies. Mm. In the movies. Interestingly enough, it's the it's the uh latest episode of Behind the Monsters. Oh Behind is it? the Monster, yeah. Oh, it's just that. it's hit, so okay. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on there. Okay. I watched a I watched it actually sat through a film. I was pretty much on T V stuff for a large but I watched a movie on binge called Great White. I believe it was mm-hmm. shot here in Australia, mm-hmm. starring pretty much an all-Australian cast, right. barring, uh, I believe, the girl who was in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yep. Um, she's the star. It starts out pretty well. And the acting, I'll give it credit, the acting's pretty good. And there are a couple of moments where the, the kind of the script finds a bit of emotional feat. But like all of these movies, as soon as the shark, you're trapped, they struggle to kind of do anything new with it yeah and hold your attention for 90 minutes there's a reason why Jaws is such a classic yeah because fucking 70% of it is on land well that's right and no those characters trapped. are phenomenal no one's trapped it's it's like that. it's just that you know no one's listening and once we've built these guys these characters up and, and built this town up in Jaws we put them on the water and we trapped them and then, then it's you know we we put them at the mercy of the the ocean. That's right. And these movies just struggle to to produce that, and that includes even ones that I really liked, like um, The Shallows, mm. which I thought was pretty good. Even it failed to kind of get us all away. Yeah. So it's a bit a bit the same here. Plus some of the special effects are a bit dusty. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's not a large budget. But, no. Um, Starts off okay and then kind of falls apart. How do you think it would compare to the um, the shark movie on Tubi, the Tubi original? Um, Swim, the <laughs> yeah. one with um, Joey Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but oh, that's next on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunting for some shark pictures. Shark Week, Shark Week. So not not great. Um, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Have a look. I, I suggest if yeah, okay. if, you've got, if you want to fall asleep or something, that's that's probably good enough. And I watched the first season of What We Do in the Shadows. Brilliant, brilliant, love it. It's really, really good. <laughs> very funny. Really good, very funny. The acting is just phenomenal. Like, the, the way these guys are. Plus, there's a couple of episodes right near the back end of the first season. The one involving the Vampire Council, which has a heap of cameos and people like Danny Trejo and Evan Rachel Wood and Tilda Swinton and Wesley Snipes. And then the one about the orgy. Just fucking... Oh, I was just wetting my pants during that. That was just very, very funny. And they're yeah. quick episodes. That's, that's the other thing I like. Yeah, they're 22 nice minutes. 20 minutes. It's really good. And then, you know, just to keep everyone up to date, um, I'll finish The Bachelorette. Oh, good. She Can't found a bloke. It's like an end of story. What a surprise. Uh, allegedly, they're still together. How were um, Squash Face and Cup Deer Cup? Oh, <laughs> squash Face was gone early. <laughs> Actually, squash, squash Face was a fucking agitator. <laughs> <laughs> 
Squash face. Bot, silly bastard. <laughs> squash face was a fucking agitator. Cup dick. <laughs> fucking squash face, the fucking shit stirrer. <laughs> Noted shit stirrer. Um, cup dick didn't really last long enough to, to sort of make an impression. <laughs> like that. Look, she found a bloke. He was, um, my only red flag was he was nine years sober. So he's a fucking drug addict, I believe. Right, okay. That's red flags for me because that's always a possibility, isn't it? You know, if someone's a drunk or a drug addict. It's, it's yeah, difficult one. Very difficult, difficult one to, yeah, difficult one to work with. But mm. look, she found him. He seemed like a nice enough bloke. Look, at the end of the day, he actually seemed like a normal bloke. But he didn't have a dick the size of a cup. No, no, he did not have a did not have a fucking big gulp in his pants. <laughs> he was more of a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's probably the sort of bloke that the most normal of them in terms yeah. of looks and not the way agi- he was. Not agitating. Not fucking agitating to piss people off. There was this other fucking cockstick who kept rolling up on her. Like, he got booted and then he fucking rocked up again. Oh, good. Yeah, pull, that's always he, a, that's a real good yeah, sign. Yeah, no, but yeah, what you got back in? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay. this fucking coit. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll um we'll reward your fucking stalking behaviour. Yeah, you know what I would have said? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, security. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Right? Why am I wasting I don't time know. on what this? Are we talking about? Okay, bachelor next week. <laughs> no, no, oh, fuck no. I'm not going near any of that shit again. Maybe Love Island. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please. No, no, no. <laughs> Please no. But that's it for me. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, solid. Oh no, sorry. One other. There was a there's a doco series new to Netflix called Catching Killers. Mm. Not bad. Not bad. Um, there was one on the Green River Killer. There was another one on Eileen Warnus. And it's just it talks to the coppers. Yeah. Um, who who worked the cases? I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you. The Green River Killer one wasn't... It, it's not great It's not great sort of television, but I will say this. The, the head guy, the, the, the head detective... Yeah. He he talks in depth about it. Now, Green River Killer was... Un, uh, yeah. Basically, was not captured for like 30 years. Yeah. And he'd been on the, he'd been on the case from the get-go. Yep. And when he finally... When they finally found out about it, who did it? I mean, they were fucking beside themselves. Yeah. But he also talks about having. He goes to say, like people were saying, it was a, it was a, there was a there was at one point there was a, a protest about, you know, no one's doing anything to find this guy. They're, he's killing prostitutes. You don't care about prostitutes. You've got no yeah. interest in them. When it's really. And nice. he and, and he he's, he's sort of he's there and he's talking and he's and yeah this is now, and he says, you know that wasn't it at all. You know, we were working our guts out, and then he says, "I I was there for everybody that was picked up," and he just fucking bursts into tears. Yeah, I I really I kind of liked it. I mean, it really had no bearing, I guess, on the Green River Killer after he was caught. But he kind of said, as as he was walking out, because he pled guilty, and they basically had some footage of him, and they're just they're reading out names. He killed fucking fifty women. Yeah, and they're just reading out names. And he's going guilty, guilty, guilty. You know, he's taking the. And he said, as he walked past me, I just leaned out and said, "Gotcha, you, you fucking asshole." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought, and he was like, "It, yeah, it was. It didn't probably matter to him, but he sort of punched the air. He was like, fucking... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, it was great. It was quite good. Um, worth a look. All right, that's everything for me. Let's take a break and then dive into 1981's My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. 
It's a bad time. This time of year. How many times is he going to tell this story? I'll let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool! <laughs> the first Valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special. Look, Landers, you've got to get a lot of exercise if you're going to grapple with Gretchen. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never going to forget. <laughs> This town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. It can't be happening again. It can't be happening again. What's going on over in Valentine Bluffs? It looks like Harry Warden's back in town. Cancel the dancer, it'll happen for Trace. In the town of Valentine Bluffs, there are many ways to die. Take your My Bloody Valentine from 1981, directed by George Milhalka, who directed Crossbow, the movie. It's produced by Andre Link, who produced Meatballs, and Stephen A. Miller, who produced Nightman. The story concept was by Stephen A. Miller, and it was written by John Beard, who did uncredited writing on Happy Birthday to Me, which I believe was also a slasher around the same time, another Canadian slasher. Mm. Which I believe isn't too bad. It stars Paul Kelman as TJ, Laurie Hellier as Sarah, Neil Affleck as Axel, Alf Humphreys as Howard, and Helen Udi as Sylvia. It cost $2.3 million Canadian. So I don't know what that is in Australian dollars. And the box office was $5.6 million worldwide. Now, according to makeup effects artist Tom Berman... One of his gory creations was realistic enough that George Melhauka threw up at the sight of it. There you go. Maybe it was Mabel. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That was pretty nasty. All right, okay. Now, this was Luke's... Luke put us onto it, wanted us to cover it. He is a huge fan of this film, and as far as he's concerned, it's the perfect showcase of how to do a slasher film correctly. Mm-hmm. He gave it four out of five. Very good. How do you see it? Yep, I'm there. There's there's points in the movie where I go back and forth between sort of three and a half and four, but I think it is uh, it just has a little bit of a blend of everything, and it does it quite well. I think in terms of the killers and madmen that were concocted for slashes, this one actually does a pretty good job of that too. Mm. It manages to concoct the backstory while still holding the mystery portion of things. The kills are pretty solid. It's got a fairly reasonable body count. Mm. But I think the good thing, like the thing that that 
really holds up well on watching it this time was the the group of people actually seem like a normal group of people. Yes. There's not a one of those fucking miners that looks like a male model. <laughs> they, all, they all look like they've spent a bit of time down there. Yeah. The fucking tomfoolery going on. Like, <clears throat> you can see they kind of enjoy each other's company and that sort of thing. And the love triangle stuff, which normally I'm not a sort of huge fan of, actually does a really good job of holding things together in between the slasher sort of aspects of it. Huge fan of the minor costume and yes. look. Yeah. So, yeah, four out of five for me too. Yeah, right there as well. Just, it, it's my personal favourite um, of the slasher films of this era. Um, and probably in general, I actually think it, it's it's my favourite one and that's not saying the Halloween, like something like Halloween is a far better movie. Mm. But when I reach into the cabinet for a slasher, this is the kind of one I usually go for mm. because it's got everything going for it and it's got so much It's so much fun. And I'm with you. I kind of dig and really get, feel a sort of a breath of fresh air that they're, they're 20-somethings, yeah. not teenagers. Yeah. They're working blue-collar jobs. Yeah, and they look like blue-collar yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really kind of dig that that environment. Yeah. I really like the town of... Of Valentine's Bluff, uh, everything about it looks looks great, and I think overall, I mean, big shout out to the uncut version, which adds the gore back into it, which is important. You know, I mean, yeah, it's funny because I would have said, oh, it's not really that important. This is a really good movie without it. Yeah, it is, but I kind of, I kind of agree with what John Carl Beekler was saying in in Crystal Lake Memories. That visceral impact, you actually have to see what what kind of damage this guy is doing. Yeah. So you kind of know the danger. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the uncut version brings that back. It's great. Luke actually mentioned that there's another six minutes somewhere. Yeah. Not necessarily gore, but... I think George, what's his name, the director, said it was like eight to nine minutes in total that were cut. So the uncut one puts back, what, two? Yeah, maybe two three. Minutes, two and a half minutes. So yeah, there's still there's still six minutes some of of probably missing. some character stuff and some other things maybe, hmm. which I mean the movie doesn't need it necessarily, but who knows what was what was in there? Be nice to see more poems. More poems. Oh, they are one of my favourite parts. <laughs> I I'll love get it. To that. Yeah. So straight into it, the mine is a fantastic location for a slasher. Yeah, it's great. And the way they actually use it in that it, they start out in the rec room. They only go into the mine in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. So you're not kind of in there going, we've been in here, it's dark, it's drab, we don't really know what's where we are. Yeah, but it's also, it does something that I really love, which is it's, it, it looks at what is in the environment that they can use. So they start doing things that, that fit the location. It's not like they've just done your generic slasher stuff and put it in there. There's a couple of times where they've obviously had a look at it and said, all right, this is what we've got to use. How can we do it? And, yeah, it just works really well. Because, obviously, a mine, is it's kind of got that kind of dank, dark... It's got that sort of eerie nature about it anyway because, you know, you've only got the lights down there. If the light goes out, you can't see fucking anything. Even when they do have the lights, you can't see that far in front of you. You can't see that far behind you. And especially in the last 15 minutes or so, you don't really know where 
you are. It's hard to get a sense of where you yeah. are. So you, you get the kind of disorientation too, claustrophobic. and claustrophobia that they would be they would be feeling. And sort of. the fact that they actually shot in a, an actual mine, mm. not a set. They didn't build a set to look that way. It actually gives it a bit of credence to, to where they are. Yeah. Um, and I think it works out beautifully. And yeah, it looks good. Sort of going a little bit further on that is the blue-collar aesthetic. Yep. They're all flying around in their fucking... Their beat-up old cars and, you know, yep. that whole sort of thing. And Luke Luke actually mentioned something that I thought was quite quite uh, interesting. He loves the fact that they're all... When they're not working, they're just fucking smashing back beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> down, down, at the, down at the pub getting shit-faced. Yeah. In fact, I believe he likened it to his 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he also did gave a shout-out to cooking your meal on the engine block of your car. <laughs> Can't say I've done that. No. But I, it looks like I, I would give it a shot. It looks <laughs> like a pretty fucking greasy old feed. <laughs> i tell you what. Yeah. yeah, I actually, I mean, to me, like the second they're in the shower there and they're fucking carrying on like, like, <laughs> they're carrying on like a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. They're fucking whipping each other with their clothes and shit. And I was sitting there going, that reminds me of every fucking football change room I was ever in. Yeah, There's always yeah. some dick bag that comes out of the fucking showers and starts throwing shit at people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so yeah, I actually I looked at that and I thought, yeah, this is actually this is there's a there's an air of kind of realness to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm not gonna say the acting is outstanding, but I would say that the actors do a decent enough job to feel like they're they're friends. Yeah. There's a friendship do, there. They do pretty well, I think. And look, they're obviously they weren't seasoned, so you get pretty good performances, I guess, in the end. And I think that's a pretty good feather in Melhalka's cap. I think he does a really good job um, directorially mm. with the material. He shoots some really, really strong scenes, and I kind of dig what he does with it um, overall. Yep. The minor in general, I actually think the costume, but also the Harry Warden backstory. Yeah. I think it's kind of really, really cool because the whole idea of a mine cave-in due to a methane gas explosion, you've got six people trapped down there, the whole everyone's dancing and having a good time while these guys are trapped. Yep. And then when we finally get to Harry, he's gone fucking crazy. You know, all that stuff is a really cool way of kind of creating this damaged individual. Yeah, it's not doing anything new. But it's done really well. Yeah, it no, takes yeah. it takes what was starting to be established as as the kind of the tropes, and does a really good job of them. Yeah. And that was one of my favourite parts, actually, the the backstory to it. I mean, I compare it to something like Mad Men. I, I can't stop giggling when they start telling stories in Mad Men about what's going on. Whereas this one, like you said, there's that moment where they fucking first see him and he kind of just screams. Yeah. The effects are not so great in that part. Yeah. But it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, ooh. He's just fucking screaming like, ah. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. They open, and, and he's got, obviously gone crazy. Yep. And the uncut version brings back in the fact that he ate his counterparts. Yeah, it? well, I mean, sitting there seeing him fucking gnawing on a on an yeah. arm when they come in or whatever, it's kind of because it was the remake. Yeah, it just adds the extra, t- just adds that little extra touch to it that he kind of, in a way, he was forced to do something he didn't want to do. But as you said, he, he kind of just lost it. Because the remake takes a similar approach, doesn't it? That he killed them all. Yeah. Well, 
while he was down there. Yeah. So the same thing sort of applies, but it's it's better done with the uncut footage of him eating an arm. Mm. We get a bit of more of a sense. Luke was probably he even went a bit further and kind of said he felt the minor was right up there with your Jasons and your Michaels. He's got less to work with because there are no sequels. Yeah, so, I guess that's that's the part that that really kind of hurts it a little bit yeah. is that you don't have any more to go on other than that. But as far range. as origins go, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I it's love right it. up there. I love it. And I can tell you, I was lucky enough to get to one Halloween Horror Nights when I was in the States and my bloody Valentine's was one of the mazes and it was probably the best one. Like, it was fucking awesome. You walked through the locker room, you came across bodies and all that sort of stuff. And I saw a full-grown man in front of me fucking squeal like a girl and just about poof his strides when the miner stepped out at one point in the maze. He fucking lost it. And I was kind of in there going, you know, I get a sense of this would be pretty fucking scary if you were in the in the mines yeah, and that sort of thing. So it's, I've got that little added element to it now that I've I've got a... Because um, at that, that particular one I went to, there was a Halloween one as well, which was excellent. But... The My Bloody Valentine one is the one that sticks with me. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Gore effects? Pretty good. When you see them again in, in full, yeah. Pretty well handled. Yeah, um, for the most Especially part. Mabel's body. I mean, it's not Tom Savini, but there is a couple of standout kind of moments. The though. guy, Happy, who gets it up through the... Yeah. Under the chin and out through the eye. Yeah. Luke was a fan of, the, of Hollis getting it with the uh, nail gun. Which I thought was quite... It's also helped by some pretty decent direction. Mm. The way he kind of shoots you and keeps showing him loading the bolts and stuff and firing them at him. Yeah. Um, But overall, bringing that back is so helpful to the film for me. Because back then, in 81, Friday the 13th had just come out and it was, you know, shocking people with its effects. Yeah. And then you you bring this out and it's probably... And I'm, I'm being honest here, I feel... It's a better plotted film than Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's probably better acted. Yeah, but it's other than 1K thing... Bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, other than a sizzling bacon. But <laughs> the only thing it didn't have at the time was Tom Savini. Yeah, pretty much. And bringing this stuff back in now kind of raises it back up. Yeah, and it's, I mean, again, the the mining the mining town setup works... Equally as good as the kind of summer camp environment. Mm. But as we said, we kind of went back to sequels with Jason and it became like the standard, the summer camp setup. And, you know, the summer camp represents certain things in people's lives and a point in people's lives has the sort of coming of age element that this one has, but kind of almost a little further down the road. I mean, some of these guys feel like you come of age and you're fucking going nowhere or you're coming home or you're like... Yeah, yeah, kind of. I kind of dig that. I dig that that thinking, actually, because you're in your early 20s, you're still in Valentine's Bluff, and the whole idea that TJ left town to make something himself and then came crawling back into town. Yeah. Almost this sadness about you'll never escape. Yeah. This type of life. Yeah. Which I think is a nice little sort of contrast to yeah, the. It's a counterpoint the, the, to something like Friday the 13th. The, you know, the Friday the 13th, you, you. A couple of years earlier in. You're 16, down the road 17. That, you, you sort of. They're, they're, you know, the world at their feet and whatever. So there's this kind of tragedy to that part of it. But yeah, I, I too like this one that it's, it's just at a little different. 
the, the the group is a little bit older and a little bit different, a little more seasoned, a little more piss fit by the looks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys are fucking sucking piss <laughs> nightly. I mean, those guys are not enough doing Chucky after drinking three cranks. <laughs> three crank shots is just warming up the lungs. Yeah, yeah that's right. The throat. That's right. You know? Now, this is my favourite bit. People will laugh because me and my wife were having a bit of a laugh about some of these. But the, the little notes in the candy boxes? Yeah, great. They are awesome. <laughs> I love They're it. almost like a little kind of way of having the killer speak. Yeah, that's and they're, right. They're so, one in particular is fucking fantastic, and it works beautifully in the actual sequence that it's in, and that's the whole roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. And then the lights go out almost immediately as she says it. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really effective way of kind of creeping you out. Yeah, I dig that one. Um, you know, of course, you know which one's my oh, favourite. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a, there can be only one. Of course. <laughs> Hit me with it. <laughs> it happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dancer. It'll happen thrice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I like especially it especially when it's read with a bit of gusto, yeah. a bit of oh shit, yeah. and the fucking bear goes shit. Yeah. As soon as it said, the bear's like, oh shit, Harry Water's back, Warden's back, fuck. Yeah, like, the bear makes me laugh. He's kind of a yeah. he's kind of a, um, a, a positive and a negative. Yeah, um, he's his not, performance is a little bit too over the top for me. Yeah, it is. But at times, I mean, he's fucking frothing at the mouth about Harry yeah. Warden. It never goes into our, our probably our standard bearer now is probably Hacker Lantern. It never goes into <laughs> never goes into sort of Hacker Lantern oh, territory. No, God no. But um, <laughs> it is kind of yeah. It it, it kind of breaks the tension a little bit. Yeah. Without kind of losing it, and, and it's it just adds to the fun of it all. But yeah, I do love the I do love the poems as well. And it's the same. The same. There's a poem in that first one. Um, I can't remember exactly how what it is, but it says, "Beware something as the fourteenth draws near," and he he pulls it out and it's the fucking heart. Yeah. And the mayor goes. Oh. Ah! <laughs> 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 he falls back into the seat. The car. Oh god. <laughs> Get a grip! <laughs> Gripping yourself. You're supposed to be yeah. a bloody <laughs> important person in town, you knob. I mean, we haven't even confirmed that this isn't just from a local butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking sheep's heart. <laughs> it's a gag, you idiot. But yeah, I, I like that. And, and kind of by extension, just. I think it's a neat little way to deal with the Valentine's Day aspect of it. Yes. Delivering the delivering the, candy. the, the messages and delivering the and candy and whatever. there's yeah. a surprisingly poignant sequence that I'd actually forgotten about. After we've already had a couple of these which have got hearts in them, the deputy gives it to the sheriff, this came for you, hmm. and the music kind of goes, you know, like it's another one with a heart in it. Yep. And he opens it and it's candy... And then he opens the little card, and it's from Mabel, and she's yeah. dead. And for a second, he kind of he looks choked up. I mean, he doesn't go. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck! Thanks, me, it's candy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again. No, oh, there's nuts in it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking Turkish delight. Like, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, give it here if it's Turkish delight. 
Yeah, I'm yeah it's, a, it's, it's kind of a poignant little moment. Yeah, it is. It works pretty well. It's kind of, you know, you don't want to take yourself too <laughs> seriously when you're doing this sort of fair, but a little moment like that goes down a tree. Yeah, yeah, it's poignant, considering we just saw fucking Mabel roasted <laughs> in the fucking... <laughs> in the dryer. Oh, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, that's why you don't want to take yourself too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to take it too serious because I'll laugh about fucking death of poor old Mabel. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus, yeah, you're fucking laughing shit bloke, aren't I? Jesus. Yeah, um, no. Um, is it just me or do we need more police chiefs rocking around smoking pipes? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely. The guy looks fucking like Hugh Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> wandering around the grotto down at yeah, yeah. Playboy Mansion. He's got a little bit of a, a Johnny Saxon vibe he too. He does. The, the hair swept it's... straight down and kind of, you know, boot polished to his hair. <laughs> I like the way he looks at those two makes me go, Stop doing it, or I'll turn you guys upside down. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes like this, puts his pipes. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Oh, I love him, good. though. I actually love that bloke. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's, he's actually a solid actor. And, um, yeah, I think he he does a pretty good job of, of giving you the sense of fucking horror of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kinda... better than the mayor. I mean, oh. he's, he's low-key, but you can see he's fucking... He's being turned upside down about all this shit. <laughs> yeah. He's low-key horrified, whereas the mayor's fucking got yeah. it <laughs> dials up to 100. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's so horrified, he's going to fucking leave town. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stop laughing at that first one. Because like, the shot is from his side of the car. Yeah. So, obviously, so you see the sheriff just keep driving along while this bloke's going... <laughs> Eyes are just about rolling in his head. And when the sheriff gets off the phone about asking about where Harry Warden is, as, and, and we, and we, do we know where he is? And, and the bloke's on, the, the mayor is pestering him, going, <laughs> so they don't know where he is? <laughs> no. I just told you, they don't know you. where the fucking bloke is. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they said. You know, and as I said, get a fucking grip. <laughs> you, know, you know, one of the other things I like is... It's it's happy, isn't it? The bar. Yeah, yeah, happy. I mean, he's basically the crazy route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's in a fucking bar, so that fits. Yeah, I know. So he's he's fucking full of piss. You yeah. know that. You know, you know that, he's, Yeah, yeah. One for you, one for me. That's what. And, that's and a couple kind of... of times, they actually do sort of go that way. You know, where TJ kind of says to him, "Come on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also like that he's also sitting next to another bloke who you know is happy to alternate and be crazy Ralph on the nights that he's required. He's is that the guy? Captain's hat and everything. He looks like fucking Captain Ahab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know whenever Happy's preoccupied, the captain's ready to turn about and, well, have I got a tail for you? Yeah, he's like, I'm happy he had the night off. He's fucking over. Well, listen up, my friends. The sea was angry that day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he fucking looked like honestly he fucking did look like Ahab yeah. he's, he's in like a flannel yeah. and he's got a, a captain's cap and he's got a fucking beard he's got a yeah. pipe I thought he was going to say well you know I'm going to get down to Antonio Bay and tell a story of my own <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not available tonight I'll be down in Antonio Bay telling the story of the fog um, but I, I appreciated that it was in an, it was in the environment where you would encounter that boat you know, yeah, yeah. Similar have... to the guy, just as a side story, when I used to hit the 
Arasil for the seven drinks. <laughs> why, why do I always kind of roll back to these sort of stories? <laughs> but it was four dollars, four for seven dollars, yep. people. So that's twenty dollars shit face. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need me. Uh, there was a bloke there who used to howl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the kind of crazy Ralph type of yeah, guy you yeah. get. That's where you find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to howl. Yeah. I believe you put on some Bon Jovi and you'd keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'd, uh, yeah, twenty bucks in, I'd be doing the same. Yeah, yeah. Did he have a bloke next to him who you'd serve up a drink and he'd go, oh, <laughs> pass out. <laughs> He'd have a whiff of it. Yeah. Oh. oh, God. Okay. Mabel's death is... It, it, it doesn't showcase what actually happens to her. No. But then the aftermath, when she falls out of the the dryer... Which, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I consider her to be roasted at 200 <laughs> degrees Celsius. Yeah, yeah. But fuck, she looks shocking. Like, oh, oh, yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough to watch. And that's the only time the sheriff gives it a little bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> he kind of backs up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Fair enough on that one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Lucky the bear was. <laughs> the bear would have just been... Fucking... Oh, the bear would have leapt out the window. <laughs> <laughs> crashing through the front windscreen. Um, I also like the way it's kind of they do a bit of point of view. Yeah. And then ha- ha- um, the killer drops the candy, and then retreats yes. back. Well, they actually use that quite well throughout. And this is another one where they, you know, they, they by that point, thanks to Halloween, the, the opening of Halloween, that had sort of become something that you did. You know, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth did a bit of it. This one does it even better than I remembered because at some parts you are totally aware it's the killer at other parts they try to sort of fake you out a little bit mm. so it kind of goes back and forth and you know sometimes it's pretty obvious that it is or it isn't but in general it's a nice little way I think it's used pretty well and it's a nice little way to keep the keep the uh, tension tension going along throughout yeah definitely Happy's death yep Although he's a bit of an overcackler, yeah, yeah. he finds that shit highly amusing. I know. I mean, it's pretty good, mate. I'm, I like the way you've rigged it up, but it's not that funny. You, it ha- you do it once, you do it twice. Yes. But do you do it thrice? Because well, the problem is he did it thrice. He's got his fucking thrice. head ripped off. But the other thing, too, is he kind of... He's tested it out, and then he shuts the door, and he walks away cackling. He goes, I better go back and test it again. He goes back. <laughs> what do you think happened? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a good one. And I mean, he cops it right up under yeah, the Yeah, and you can see it coming a mile off, but it's still it's still done fairly effectively. Again, pretty well directed. I like the shot when he opens the door yeah. of the miner, and he just fucking... He just comes out whack. and goes, Yep. Puts the pickaxe. I love the idea of the pickaxe too. Yes, it's a really sturdy weapon. It is. It's a. It's an excellent costume. And it really works in that opening sequence. Sorry to backtrack, but where we kind of get a sense of the mine and the location and everything. Yeah. And then he puts that girl on it. Yeah. Like he, he, she, she sort of drops some, drops some kit, and he has the pickaxe in the wall behind her, and then he just kind of jams her onto it. Yeah. Um, and it, it works out nicely. I and mean, then, if it's me, she's dropping, dropping the kit and I'm going, oh, like yeah. the man. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, she, she fondles his... Oh, fondles yeah. his... 
Oh, yeah, I've got a little bit to say about that one. She fondles his tubing and then he goes... <laughs> yeah. His air pipe gets a good squeeze and tug. <laughs> and he kind of goes, no, like he shakes his head. Yeah. Now, as soon as she drops... Drops her clothing... Yeah. I was expecting a little bit again, because we've been talking about the naked gun recently, I was expecting the air pipe to kind of go <laughs> at some point no, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But it's it's a it's a really nice way to start the film too. Yeah. I, I forgot how effective that is. Yeah. This is my favourite sequence that they re Re-integrated back into it is the girl being impaled on the um, shower head. Yeah. It's fucking nasty. Like it's it's actually mean spirited, mm. somewhat. But it it the way it happens, she, she hears the shower heads getting turned on. Then those things start drop the the yeah the the suits start the dropping suits from dropping the roof, down. and then he just appears in amongst them and he grabs her. Yeah, and he just. Carries her over and jams it, and we get the whole lot. You know, yeah, like we kind I really of, like that scene that the the suits dropping down. I thought that was that was but well done. I also noticed a a brief kind of like clue that they kind of gave you early on to that sequence as a potential killer. Her boyfriend picks her up like that at the start when he when he comes to see her. Hmm. He picks her up like that, and he's he's a big guy and everything like that, and he picks her up in the same way that the killer does. Yeah. And I like the fact that, you know, that's another little kind of red herring yep. that he may have done it. Um, I've got things to say about the the mystery element that are unfortunately in the in the dislikes, but overall that sequence is fantastic. Like, it is on par with any of the Friday the 13th. The whole thing is creepy as fuck and gory as hell. Yeah, it's good stuff. I did like going to the mine in the final third. Yeah, I thought it was good. Because really, it was just a party in a rec room. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, as Luke kind of mentioned, these these people have not been seen without a fucking bottle in their hand the entire movie. So oh, yeah. as soon as the dance is cancelled and they're all... I mean, it's like meatloaf. They're all dressed up and fucking nowhere to go. Oh, to go. <laughs> it's, it makes sense that they go, they're all the miners, they're like, let's fucking hit the rec room or whatever. Yes, and of yes. course... Someone's going to go wandering down the mines or so. I just, I, I liked it. Someone's going to get a bit of piss under the belt yep. and decide that that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, yep. it's not too far-fetched to think these guys who work in there every day yes. would have this idea that nothing's going to go wrong. We're going to be okay. Yep. We'll just quickly go down and quickly come back. Correct. And, and of it course, contains some really good, you know, things along the way, good sequences. I loved... I don't know why I like it, but the old the old trick of fucking opening the door. The guy kind of opens the fridge door and then leans on it. Yeah, and the body's just, just sort of sitting in there and he just kind of reaches in and grabs his beer and pisses off. Somebody's opening that fridge. Someone's yeah, opening the fridge again, of course. It's one and of they those... kind of do that. They actually don't hold that up for too long. Because it's, it's only a few minutes later that the bike comes out and says, the woman comes running out screaming. Yeah. Dave's dead. Yep. So I, uh, yeah, I kind of enjoy that one. I know it's one of the... It's one of those silly things in horror movies that I actually kind of like. I believe it was uh, Slumber Party Massacre where we saw yeah, it last. Did it similar, sort of yeah. 
<clears throat> you can scratch Madman from the list. I mean, the body... You, you no, don't the body climb. was in it, but it was alive. Yeah, yeah, you don't climb in there yourself. You get stuffed in there. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> well, if you're looking for a hiding place. <laughs> of course. I don't know why you'd hide in there, but... <laughs> I really like the fact that when they find out that people are dying, they get the fuck out of there. Yeah. They make the right choices. They call the police. They yes. get out. And but what we have is a group down in the mine that is still there, of course. Yep. So it's nicely pitched. It's not like, to, again, not too far fetched to think that. Well, we're we're five or six short. They mm. fucked off downstairs down to the mine. Yep. So then a rescue attempt is 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 on offer. Yep. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, by the way, Luke did mention too. Just um, he wanted to provide a a, a like for Hollis's mustache. Oh, it's a cracker. It is a good tash. Mm. I also like the way he handles Axel and TJ when they have their fight. Yeah. He just fucking gets them both in the headlock. <laughs> yeah. So it's going, knock that shit off. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to handle that sort of shit. Oh, yeah. Fucking tomfoolery, mate. I really like that shot of the killer walking through the mine, smashing the light bulbs. Yeah, that's excellent. And I, I mean, they used it to great effect in the remake I think as it's well. done better in the remake, but it's it's still very, very good here. Because in the remake, they kind of do it like... He, it flashes yeah, yeah. to Tom, doesn't it? Every time he does it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a really creepy sort of vibe. About, and then they kind of that's where they're giving away the answer. And I think it happens while, some, while he's chasing someone down. Yeah. Whereas in this one, they kind of just cut away to the killer doing yeah, it. just doing it. When I reckon, yeah, I think that the the remake kind of got it right in that sense that it would have been good when the, when he was chasing someone down to, to integrate that one into it. Yeah. The two bodies impaled together by something that looks like a bloody drill. Mm-hmm. Again, pretty nasty bit of work. Although that guy, look, I'm not going to... I don't like to be nasty, Jared, but that guy, talk about squash face. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, blue collar. We've already spoken Fucking about it. Blue collar, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Although he at least gets laid and then he gets taken out. Yeah. So, you know. Howard having his head ripped off with the bloody rope. Yeah. Comes off him like pop, just so that whole thing just comes <laughs> out. And then you just see a shot from down low and the body just goes wham into the ground. Like, again, pretty nasty stuff. And the gore, again, adds a little bit more to it that's not in the original. I mean, I don't even remember. You, I don't think you even see the death of the two in the impaled by that, that, that drill thing. You don't see the death of Hollis. Mm. And I don't think you see the death of Howard in the original. They're just kind of cut away from. Yeah, it's definitely uh, better to have that. That sort of stuff in there does yeah, heighten right. the whole slasher sort of experience. Correct. I thought that was a nice touch to actually have the little sort of ch- chase on the rail car. Yeah, pretty solid. Kind of just bring a little bit of excitement to that final, that finale piece. Mm-hmm. And I think the end, when Axel cuts his own arm off, we find out it is Axel and how it all occurred, and then he cuts his arm off. Mm-hmm. And then that whole bit where he's kind of running away going, we'll, we'll get all of you, we're, we're going to come back. And then he yells out to Sarah, so he says something like, be my bloody Valentine, and he starts fucking yeah, giggling. giggling, that was, that was really good. Yeah, and I like the touch. way they just shot it from where the people were looking at him, like seeing him, seeing him 
disappear into the moon. And then gradually kind of just disappear. Yeah. Good stuff. And then, of course, you know, I know we all love this, but the Ballad of Harry Warden. Oh, of course. Almost. Definitely better than the fucking Ballad of Mad Man Mars. Yeah, it's got the Ballad of Mad Man Man Mars by the balls. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually not bad. It's kind of a little bit of... I mean, it's it's you look at it now and it's a little bit silly, a little bit kind of campy kind of sounding, but it's fun. But it it also just encompasses the whole film, you know, kind yeah. of in that in that one or two verses. Yep. Uh, anything else from your end? No, we pretty much uh, covered it all there. All right. Negatives. Dislikes. Talk to me. Well, I mean, the intro's always baffled me a little bit. I don't know why you're delving down into the mines for a route. I'm sure you could. Probably find some other places to get a little bit of a line yeah, time. Yeah, Surely and there's I... a fucking back room in the rec room or something. <laughs> yeah. And I can't help... I mean, we already spoke about it, but when she's getting hot and heavy and fondling air pops and stuff, <laughs> I, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. very amusing. It's not a fucking... It's not, <laughs> it's not a smut film. No. <laughs> it was sort of going that way. Yeah, the, 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 scene, this, like, the scene in general does start the film off pretty well. As you as you mentioned, but um, yeah, it is a little bit of a laugher in that sense. <laughs> I think you you mentioned the love triangle sort of carries things, mm. and and Luke's a bit the same. He's he's kind of he likes the idea. The love triangle kind of works. Yes and no for me. It works to sort of create a little bit of what's gonna you know what's gonna happen here between these guys. They used to be friends. Mm. You know the idea that. Axel and him kind of come back together to try and save everyone yep. near the end. But the problem for me is they both treat her like shit. Yeah, yeah, that is a bit of a... Like, fucking terribly. Yeah, it's it's a pretty bad look in that sense. But I like the fact that it is taking this close-knit group that they've established mm. and putting this kind of wedge in the middle of it when you know that we're going to need them to kind of be looking after each other when when we get down to the home stretch. Mm. But then, of course, you know, when they bring that sort of angle in about who it is, mm. that sort of adds to it. I just like that it was something else to carry it through and that every time we were away from kills, it wasn't just about... Oh, Mining and down, the yeah. Yeah, down in the... Yeah, so I thought it was... I, I, yeah. Yeah, it has, it has I would its, agree it has, with you in that... In it definitely has its about. place. Especially when uh, TJ's bailing her up into the car and yeah. she's going, no, I yeah. don't want to come. And he goes, yes, you do. He's yeah. basically just fucking chucking her Luke's in the car. exactly the same thing. Yeah. That, that, that sequence is, is sort of, he, he sort of acts like a bit of a creep. Yeah. Yeah, look, I actually think the sequence after that when they get out to the bluff and they talk about their relationship and everything, yeah. that kind of works. And it's a, it's a nice way of kind of getting some understanding about their relationship previously. Yes. But yes, the... The way he gets her out there is is not not real not flash, no. and I think he, him and Axel do speak to her poorly. Yeah, the absolutely. But I do like the fact that she kind of addresses it. Yeah, too. yeah. She kind of gets especially to the when point she where says, she's like, "Hey, yeah, I got a voice. I got a voice. I got my own mouth." And then know. TJ's there, like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't." And she's basically, "No, I'm fucking sick of both of you." Yeah, yeah. You know, so that that was good that it was kind of addressed that way. Now, one of the things I think they could have done to just not make Axel's being the killer so obvious because that's kind of my next dislike is perhaps TJ and Axel could have um, actually patched things up legitimately their friendship a little bit addressed it and actually said look you know we need to get along we can you know we can be mates again they yeah. try and do it very briefly when they're 
cooking dirty, greasy fucking engine food. <laughs> <laughs> engine burgers. Yeah, when they're cooking engine chicken. At one point, I'm thinking, you know, you really need to cook that stuff good. Just give yourself a meal up. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, whatever's on the fucking engine. You need up. a V8. <laughs> cook that thing. It would have taken away the obviousness of Axel. Because unfortunately, the mystery doesn't really work very well for me. Because there is no one else. Yeah. They don't really give you a lot of options. They say Harry Warden. Yeah, for as many people as there are, which actually doesn't work too badly for the mystery kind of element, you really are only focusing very heavily on that hand. You're focusing on... These are the options they really give you. Yeah. We know the mayor doesn't have a stomach for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I killed someone. (laughs) (laughs) They say it's Harry Warden. Yep. Which is fine because Harry Warden is not an old man. Mm-hmm. He's in his 40s or 50s yep. and he's in a mental hospital. And then they have the whole thing of he he was released. I don't know where he is. <laughs> it's not him. Where is he? <laughs> it then kind of composites that it's possibly Axel. Yep. Possibly TJ. And then really... Do not they even else. give you the sheriff, potentially? No, not really. He's too cool for that. Yeah, he smokes a pipe. Yeah, he seems like, you know, your dad or your grandfather. <laughs> or yeah. But they really only give you those couple of options. Yeah. And you know it's not going to be Harry Warden. Yeah. Because no one would have gone for Harry Warden. Yeah, I like, I think, you know, running with it initially, you do kind of get the vibe that it's, it's Harry Warden, but, of, of course, you know, as you get a bit more... If you've seen enough of the genre and stuff like that, then... And I guess back in 81, you hadn't. That's right. And so looking at it with our eyes now, you kind of look at it and say, oh, well, you know, it's been done. This is the the, the way that it, it goes. It's a red herring. But, yeah, I can't hold that too much against it because I think, think in general that, that that setup of that backstory works pretty well. So Yeah, I don't hate... I, I'm, I'm absolutely nitpicky mm. because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The yeah. movie's done very well, so I don't really care yeah. as to who it was. I did like that they do, and Luke Luke was a fan of this, is, you know, Axel falls and drowns, allegedly drowns, mm. right, as a way of kind of taking him out. But by then, I, you're already on to him. Because he it's a classic example of these type of films. He's the only person who leaves the rec room and mm. doesn't die. Yeah, yeah. So... Once you do that, you kind of give it away. Although, in saying that, some people did survive. Like um, the girl who's impaled on the shower head, her boyfriend isn't killed. Mm. He comes back. So, no, I just didn't feel it it worked as well. I think you kind of get Axel's a bit of a loose cannon and he's the most likely to do it. Yep. Luke sort of said that some of the later kills didn't, you know, they, they're a bit lacking. So they're yeah. off screen or they're, they're, they're kind of, they look a little bit sort of hampered by budget. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. I think, yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. Especially when, you know, you've got the pickaxe to work with and we've used it to pretty good effect for the mm. most part. We could have. I mean, it does wail it into that bird's guts. Yes, in the end. true. But yeah, we could have probably probably come up with a couple of, couple of better ways or a couple of. I don't know, striking. more imaginative shot, you know, more striking sort of sort of ways to shoot it. 
Okay, now this is a this is more of a sort of reality check. Mm. You cannot tell me this the fucking the sheriff's not walking into that dryer, that laundry, and going, "What is that <laughs> smell?" <laughs> yeah, someone's, it smells someone's like burning flesh. <laughs> yeah, either that or someone's out the back with a fucking V8 and, and a roast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it would have stank in yeah, there. Yeah. And he 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 only cops a whiff of it when he opens the dryer. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, and he yeah. does you, kind you, of get he reels away and gags, wondering <laughs> while you walk in the door. Oh, definitely. or as you said, you're going hmm, engine block chicken, my favourite. <laughs> 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 kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're also saying, Mabel, have you have you have you done my laundry? <laughs> yeah. like, is what's going on here? Because <laughs> my last one again. Slight nitpick. But I noticed there was plenty of smut pictures on the wall in the bar. <laughs> you know, yeah, we are we are serving women. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know you're all bloody blue collar roughnecks who drink from daylight till dusk, mm-hmm. but I think there were some ladies in the bar. Yeah, there was a couple. Perhaps put that in like the the sealed section. Yeah, but Happy doesn't place. give a fuck. I mean, if you tell him to take it down, he'll bail you up and start telling you, have you heard about Harry Warden? You have Harry, as well. Harry Warden used to have that shit on his wall. <laughs> Harry Warden was a smut merchant. <laughs> yeah, I reckon Happy wrote the ballad of Harry, Harry Warden as well. Like, like when he has yeah. open mic night. Yeah. <laughs> the missing verse was about Harry's smut collection. <laughs> Yeah, but open mic night. He immediately gets up. <laughs> oh, he gets up with his guitar and yeah, starts yeah. strumming a few bars. Yeah, Captain, break out the harmonica. It's ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Ballad of Harry Warden. One, two, three. <laughs> this is a little song I wrote about Harry Warden and everybody goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, the man. Oh, not again. <laughs> Was he actually the mayor? I think he was the mayor. Didn't they call him? Oh, yeah. No, is yeah, he the no, mayor or is... He's the mayor, but he's, he's TJ's dad. He's TJ's dad and he owns the mall. I know we're fucking but, not asking this. What yeah. did we ask this earlier? But I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's the mayor. He's fucking... <laughs> he's, he's following the sheriff around and harassing him at every turn. <laughs> he's fucking eating cigars. So like, every time you see him, he's <laughs> chewing on the end of a cigar. <laughs> Uh, that was it for me. What do you got? Anything else? No, there was just... I mean, the very first time you see him and Mabel and they're talking about the dance... Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. get a little bit of clumsy <laughs> exposition Yeah, there, yeah, definitely. ...where they really just unload. We've got to get everyone up to speed. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully... Oh, it's good to have the dance again. He goes, shh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talk about the dance. It's only been 20 years. <laughs> Don't talk about the dance. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> We've got the places plastered with posters, you dip, dipstick. Um, I think it's uh, it's clumsy for about a minute where where they're just doing that. Yeah. But when, but they've caught, when that's done, it, yeah. they they don't sort of fall back into that too much. So it's only a minor quibble that one. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. I didn't yeah. have a lot to complain about. No, absolutely not. It's an absolute gem. That's my buddy Valentine Luke. Thanks again, mate, for putting us uh, putting that one in the uh, in the minds. Um, we do apologise for taking three hundred episodes to get yeah. to it, 
but um, definitely worth rewatching. Mm. Uh, and it's probably you know for me, I, I, I'll be back on this at some point. Yeah, in the next three, six months probably. Yeah, I'll just probably because get back I really, I just really, really liked it. Watching it this time, I had so much fun. With I really it. want to delve into you know the sort of um, poetic devices that he's using in those. Correct. Those. Could you imagine <laughs> sitting at home going, "Roses are red, violets are blue." Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do I do? Nah, writer's block. How am I going to get the mayor to go, oh, there's a heart. <laughs> um, Luke did have one other dislike that I also thought was highly amusing. is the coroner's acting performance, which is fucking disastrous. But, I mean, he can't even convincingly tell me it's a human heart. <laughs> It's a human heart. I mean, I believe the mayor also goes off on a tirade after he finds that out. Um, But the coroner's performance is shocking. I mean, amateur theatre isn't even where he should be at. Yeah, Yeah, you should be working in the mine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be working in the mine. Coming out every every afternoon... Washing that shit off yourself. <laughs> There's another negative. Bit of low flow shower heads. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I have fucking covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, get some fucking water pressure in here. I mean, I can't even cook my lunch in the fucking rec room. I've got to take it out and cook it on Car engine. The least you could do is let me fucking wash up before I do. That. Yeah, I need a fucking Krollmeister five thousand or whatever those ones were that they're buying in uh, off the black market in Seinfeld. Yeah, I can't get into the shower because it's so powerful. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what you need that's to get that I mean, I need to get, imagine like, the soot and shit in every yeah. nook and cranny of your yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. and you're giving me a fucking water saving shower. Yeah, you're saying we need to pinch some pennies. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll pinch them up in the fucking shower yeah. room. That's what should have been happening in the shower. TJ, talk to your fucking dad and sort this out, <laughs> would you? It's not good enough. By the way, do you happen to have any good recipes for the, uh, you know, the engine block chicken? That <laughs> yeah, I love the way on. too, TJ goes. We, we, we should have the party in the rec room. <laughs> it's got a pool table. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> he tells us there's a pool table there. That'll do. Like, Fuck, mate. <laughs> that's real. Oh no, look, actually, sorry. If as, as Luke was saying, these guys, all they did was drink piss. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or my only response would have been, is there a fridge and some yeah, alcohol yeah. as well? As long as there's a fridge and there, you know, couple of uh, couple of Oetingers, we're, we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even if it was, yeah, even Oetinger. I, <laughs> I can punish some Oetingers that night. <laughs> Don't worry, I'd have been dead in 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Harry I'm rolls at... up on you. <laughs> You're sitting there going, ah. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm like dead. happy, wandering around outside, cackling. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just getting my fucking head cut off. Of them. Well, given what you've been talking about recently, you'd be sitting in the rec room asleep. <laughs> 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 Harry Rowe. Yeah, that'd be like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, speaking dear. of falling asleep at parties, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have an uncle who has hearing aids and has a couple of times in the midst of a fucking rager <laughs> flicked him off and had a, <laughs> flicked him off and had a power nap. <laughs> That's probably what you would have been like, I reckon. Oh, 
Yeah, I don't have hearing aids. <laughs> What's going on? You're just fucking. You'd have been on the pool table. Just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a pool table. Good. I've got a place to sleep. <laughs> Jesus. Excellent. Oh dear. Oh, all right, dear. all right. Okay. So that was my buddy Valentine from 1981. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, and all other places you get your podcasts. You can send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. Uh, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com and on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Make sure you give us a rate and review um, to help us spread the word. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of our next film. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.